Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Now let us pray. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. We thank you for bringing us one more time into your presence. The Bible says in your presence there is fullness of joy. And so even as we are gathered here today, we shall be full in Jesus' name. Our joy will overflow in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us you are the most gracious and we have proven you to be so. So we are certain of what we are about to get. For me, Lord, give me utterance in the name of Jesus that I may be able to bear your heart to your people and receive the gift of understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Our opening scripture today is Daniel 11 in verse 32. And this is in line with our theme for the month. First, I want to welcome you especially to the month of September. And I want to assure you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that this month we do you good. That this month we see you praising God like you have never done before. We see you overcome in many areas. This month we see you doing exploits in the name of Jesus. So it's a month of covenant exploits. And that's why our scripture is Daniel 11 in verse 32. And I read, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be stronger and carry out great exploits. Hallelujah. And that's why I want again make bold to say that you will experience great exploits this month in the name of Jesus. One, because God has said it. He's contending his word and he's pointing us specifically to this verse for this month and the following months. So let me welcome you to a season of great exploits in the name of Jesus. So first of all, you want to ask that, what do you mean by exploits? Let me give you the context here. Daniel was receiving a revelation of the end time. As a matter of fact, the times that he saw prophetically were just approaching. But again, he stood right and stood true to the very time he was. And that's why in every prophetic utterance, usually, you see some fulfillment for the immediate. And then you see some for the long future. Like God telling Abraham, you'll be a father of many nations. Abraham actually, before he died, became a father. Not a father of one, a father of quite a number of children. But of being the father of nations, you know that was for the future. And today, here we are. Glory be to God in the highest. And so really, he was having a revelation. So it was a prophetic utterance, as it were. And he that is referred to here was the king that will rise at the time. Of course, an agent of the devil, of the Antichrist, that will begin to attack everything that could be attacked. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he will enter into the sanctuary and sack the sanctuary and suspend, as it were, the regular sacrifices and oblations. And then he will introduce what is called the abomination of desolation. These are terms for the end time. When everything will become so chaotic and so evil that we pray that God should cut the day short, as it were, anyway. But he said something there. He said this ravaging force of evil will only succeed with covenant children to the extent that they turn away from the covenant. He said, but those who know their God will not be that distracted. And of course, he said it clearly, how this evil force and evil man and evil time will sweep away this seemingly covenant children. How? He said, by flattery, by deceit. But those who know their God, 
will not be easily deceived. Rather, they will be strong and they will do exploits. So what kind of exploits? They will not only resist the devil, they will still advance in righteousness and advance in covenant blessings even at that time. You talk of preparing a table before me, the presence of my enemies. That's exactly what will happen by the grace of God. And so I'm saying that to say, regardless of the kind of evil that you're confronted with today in the name of Jesus, you are overcoming and you are going to make great exploits this month in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So he says that they that know their God will be stronger and they will carry out great exploits. Just looking at it, permit me to say clearly that exploits are not impossible. Their exploits are the results of strength. Strength is needed for exploit. But this strength itself is as a result of knowledge. Which kind of knowledge? Knowledge of God, as it were. That's right. So for us to carry out exploits, we have to know God for who he is. Is the God of exploits. Is the God that will wrought exploits through the hands of ordinary men. But who are these men? The men who know him. So the question is, how do you know him? And what does this know here imply? The know here is not just the fact that you have an information about someone. The know here is not just like you have an idea of someone. The know here is experiential. Courtesy, the Strong's Bible Dictionary. It's experiential. What does that mean? It's covenant. Go back to this very same verse. You know what it says? Those who do wickedly against the covenant... He shall corrupt with flattery. So it's all covenant issues. But those who know their God covenantly will be strong and they will do exploits. Exploring this, I discover that it was the same thing Moses was saying in Exodus 33:12. Look at this. This was when it looked like they were confronted with some impediment on their journey to the promised land. And it looked like they had come to the end of the road. But God that will not be stopped. Now I was urging them to go ahead. I was calling Moses, come on, will you take them and take them to where I promised? Then this dialogue ensued between Moses and God. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you said to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. Uh So what Moses was saying that, God, if truly you know me, which I know you do, then Make this possible. God was saying, go. And Moses was saying, because you know me, we have a covenant. There's something lacking. I know the problem. God was saying, go, but I will not go with you. And Moses knew that in covenant setting, it's you and God. And that's what he was saying, that you know me covenantly. Then you cannot abandon me covenantly. That was what he was saying. So you can begin to see this kind of knowledge here. And of course, the kind of experts that God wrote through the hand of Moses, amazing. At the end, God said, look, you know what? I will go with you and I will give you peace. It's the covenant keeping God. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 20, David said, Now, what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant, covenant. These men speaking this way, they were alluding to covenant. So that means that they didn't just understand that they had a covenant with God. They knew how to activate and draw on their covenant right with God. Here, what God said himself concerning Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. I'm talking the knowledge here. It's experiential. It's covenant knowledge. 
It says, For I have known him, that is Abraham, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Did you hear that? God says, I know him. Well, I wasn't just saying that I have an idea of him, or I knew him through somebody, or I've seen what he did with somebody, or I've heard what he has spoken to somebody. No, no, no. He said, but I know him personally. I know him experientially. I know him that he will do everything. He will order his household, and what I've said to him will come to pass. It's a covenant matter. I spoke to him covenantly, and it will come to pass. And I know that he will not only collaborate, he will cooperate. He will make sure that these things come to pass. I know him. And that's the kind of knowledge here. They that know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. Maybe this particular reference will bring it home the more. Talking about Jesus, Matthew chapter 11, 27, 28. Here, this is Jesus and God. Here, what Jesus said. He says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. Can you see how personal this is? And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. This is covenant. It wasn't saying that people on earth haven't heard about God, as it were. It wasn't saying that people on earth hadn't experienced God as God, as it were. But it was saying, look, I'm the only one standing here on earth that knows him not just as God, but as a Father, a personal relationship, a covenant relationship. Because up until that time, he was the only begotten Son of the Father given to die so he was on his way to die for our sins but remember that the bible says he behoves him to bring many sons to glory so his death and resurrection has brought many of us because as many as believe say we will not perish but have everlasting life and of course john 1 12 as many as received him he has given the power to become sons so his resurrection has brought in many sons of which you are one if you're born again and i am one today so what i just said there is this we are covenant children of God. So God knows me like he knows Jesus. He knows you like he knows Jesus. So I'm known by him. The question is, do I know him like he knows me? Or at least is my knowing of him tending towards the way he knows me? It's important. I may never know him fully like he knows me. But is there anything about me that craves to know him more? That says, you are a child of God. So Jesus said, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. In our season 28, come unto me. All you will labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So it's a covenant thing. So in other words, if a covenant child of God, just like I know my Father and he knows me. You see, we are covenant. He knows you and I know you. Why must you suffer unnecessarily on earth? Come over and get rest for your soul. Now, the reason I went that way is to say it takes covenant knowledge to be strong for exploits, to withstand whatever force of the devil that can be. Like I said, the context was such a ravaging evil that nobody could stop. That God into the sanctuary and sacrificially and removed and stopped the system of sacrifice and worship, establishing, as it were, like I said, abomination of desolation. The crystallizing of evil on earth. Say, so, but they that know their God will stop him. <laughs> they will do exploits. And that's why exploit is defined as a heroic deed of achievement. A great and daring feat. Hallelujah. Daniel that said this. Where there are exploits in his life. Of course, I will catalog just a few. He would dead the devil, dead the 
mocking and dead the lions as it were because he knew his God and we continue to, to be established in life and continue to get prosperous in life bringing glory to the name of God so the Bible says from this scripture they that know their God will be strong we can take that strength anyhow but if there's one word they'll have the confidence to confront any force and they will overcome in Jesus name no wonder we hear the psalmist say a lot of time for example in Psalm 27 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength did you hear that of my life then of whom shall I be afraid glory be to God in the highest and that's why David's life all through was nothing short of exploit because he knew his God hear David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies he anoints my head with oil my conference over surely no doubt can you see the confidence I'm talking about goodness and mercy shall have all the days of my life though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear why because you are with me covenant knowledge and like we said yesterday it was this understanding and this knowledge that got him standing before Goliath he even said to Goliath said you are coming to me with javelins and swords and bows and arrows say but I'm coming to you in the name of the living God the Lord of hosts so I'm coming to you as a covenant child of God I'm coming to you with a kind of army that you cannot see and I'm bringing you down can I see somebody here today in the name of Jesus whatever you may be facing begin to see yourself victorious one because you are a covenant child of God what I say to people all the time is this if you are the only one living on earth when Jesus came you would have died all the same he loves you more than you can ever imagine. This why you saying that I'm a child. Of course you're a child of God. It is in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Glory be to God. Colossians 2.10 says that we are completing him, in him, who is the head of all principles and powers. Ephesians 1, 3 and 4 says that he is blessed. Why? Because he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Even according as he has chosen us before the foundations of the earth. He knows you. You're a covenant child of God. He will bend the heavens to make sure that you excel. What a glorious God we have. In the book of Acts in chapter 19, verse 1, the Bible says it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, glory be to God in the highest, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. But then you get to verse 11, the Bible says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. You talk of exploits. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to heal the sick. Now remember that Paul was not one of the 12 disciples. He wasn't one of the 70 disciples that were sent out by Jesus. It wasn't one of the 500 in the upper room out of which 120 were there on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't. As a matter of fact, he was far from this. He was not just an unbeliever. He was a rebel persecuting the church. But at this point in time, Paul was born again. And Paul knew by the grace of God that he was a child of God, that he had a relationship personal with God. And so his past was gone. That's why he will write in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If any man be in Christ, covenant, because for everyone who is born again, the life you truly live now is the shared life with Jesus Christ. That's what this knowledge is. If any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. 
old things are passed away. So or if you want, you could go accusing Paul from morning to night, night to morning, the rest of your life. It will stop him from knowing who he was. And because of that knowledge, he could do exploits and he did wonders. He knew God and you can too. Now here, verse 12, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to heal the sick. So he didn't have to even go anywhere. Stay and do what you're going to do. You couldn't reach everywhere at the same time. They are bringing the handkerchief and throwing them with the power of God was following them. And the disease left them and evil spirits went out of them. Did you hear that? Look at verse 13. Then some Akira teachers or Jewish exorcists took upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they saw what was happening, they were calling that name over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. In other words, they didn't know him. So they were going to ride on the fact that Paul knew him. We are asking you demons to come out in the name of Jesus Christ whom Paul preaches. See what happened. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So, can you now begin to see in practical terms that the knowledge of God, which is a covenant thing, is the reason for the strength for exploits. If you look at the definition of that strength in the Bible dictionary, it says achieving power, miraculous, empowering. This simple in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says that I may know him. So what we're saying is this, Paul didn't just know him. He never stopped knowing him the rest of his life. Because for Paul to say this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, a lot of times when I read it, I just wonder, I say, what else was he trying to know? He gave us literally the entire New Testament. I'm talking of divine revelations of the person, character, mission of Jesus Christ on earth. This and this are deliverance. Yes. Our restoration. And this simple will come at the end of his life to say that I pray that I may know him. You understand the rage I'm talking about? No wonder his life was a life of unusual exploits which eternally can never be forgotten. You talk of living a legacy. His legacy is so eternal. So he's still active today. We'll be active tomorrow. And we will get to heaven. We'll still be talking about it. He brought Jesus to life in the lives of many. Why? Because he knew him. So the Bible said of this Paul that great miracles were wrought through his hands. Why? Because he knew him and he understood him. And those who didn't really understand or know Jesus that tried to play the role, it was counterproductive. They were overcome by the devil. Now you close them just quickly say this. Why am I saying all this? Just to bring you to a place where you may know that you are right now in the place of exploits. Paul didn't know him while he was here, physically. So you are just like Paul. I'm just like Paul. Paul had to receive him, have him believed him, just like you and I did. Then the question is this. When Paul met those 12 disciples, you know, he has a question. The Bible says he got there, everywhere was dry, until he met 12 of them, one read properly, that Acts chapter 19. Then he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit? So my question is this. What in the knowledge of God did Paul know that they didn't know? They didn't know the place of the third person of the Godhead in the covenant. Paul knew. And Paul did not go further until he taught them. 
until they got to a place of believing until he laid hands on them and they believed and they received then he began to teach them the role of the holy spirit in the kingdom and in their lives and of course in preaching the message of the resurrection of the lord jesus christ and that was what led to the great exploits indeed it's only those who know their god that will be strong and do exploits and because you know him and you can still get to know him better i see exploits ahead of you in the name of jesus i know god has been good to you from january regardless of all the devil tried to do through the coronavirus here you are your future is brighter and better if you suffered any losses in the past get ready for an unusual recovery but you see you have a role to play your knowledge of him is key and consciousness of that knowledge is important they that know their god will be strong and will do exploits so in the name of jesus christ of nazareth i speak a recovery over your life now as in the name of jesus christ of nazareth I speak healings over your body. I speak peace over your home in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of death even from your tent in Jesus' name. I speak life over you. I speak progress, prosperity over your ministry, over your life assignment in the name of Jesus. As a husband, you will never be frustrated. As a wife, you will never get stranded. I speak progress to both of you in the name of Jesus. Say, why are you talking this way? I'm conscious of the fact that we are created for exploits. And let me wield it and let you experience it. So I can both raise our hands to God in thanksgiving. You only need to express it to start to wield it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you and I. And we are moving in the name of Jesus. Again, that takes knowledge of him. Congratulations. Welcome to the month of covenant exploits. Remember, his covenant he will never break. It is well with you. that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shomolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.